the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the United IE Radio program. The fires rage across California. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all of the thousands and thousands of uh, individuals affected by this fire, both in terms of those who have been evacuated as as well as those who have lost their property. The video that comes out of this, Greg, is just heartrending. Watching home after home after home literally combust uh, in the heat and the wind. Right, and even if you when it comes close, I've had fires come close to where I live, and yeah, it's it's a scary thing when you see that fire, the fire coming over the ridge line, and your house is down below. It is indeed. When I lived in Orange County, we had a fire that approached our uh, our, our community, which was buttressed up against the Cleveland National Forest, and I can only imagine what these uh, folks are having to deal with. Um, so yes, keep them in your thoughts and prayers. And uh, if you do have the ability, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of families that are going to be in need as a result of this uh, with the upcoming holidays. As the real fires rage in Southern California, the metaphorical political fires are raging all over the country, both with the uh, sexual harassment issue now taking out uh, Senator Franken. We'll talk about that in the show as well as I'm so disappointed. I know, I know. But there's some political intrigue with this, Greg, that we have to get into because there is, uh, you know, his resigna- his non-resignation resignation, uh, I'll be resigning sometime in the future, I think has some political strategy behind that. We'll get into that. As well as you know, this, the Mueller investigation, brand new developments regarding that. There is a political fire raging inside the Mueller investigation. And who better to help us get some perspective on that than former U.S. prosecutor Prosecutor and attorney Andy McCarthy, who famously put away the blind shake uh, into a life sentence, the guy that you know was responsible for the for 1993 World, World Trade, Trade Center, Center bombing. bombing, absolutely. And Randy is a reg- Randy Andy Andy's pretty Randy. Um, Andy's a regular contributor to National Review, uh, NationalReview.com. You can follow his writings there, and he's been writing uh, prolifically about this, as well as you can follow Andy on Twitter. At Andrew C. McCarthy on Twitter. Andy, welcome to the United I Radio Show. John, Greg, how are you? We're doing relatively well, but we need a professional's help to kind of get our heads around what uh, is developing here from a prosecutorial perspective. Someone who's sat in the seat of Mueller, uh, sort of, as you did with the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office. What is uh, never a dull moment in this? I'm just wondering, has your perspective on this investigation changed? Do we need an investigator to investigate the investigator? (laughs) Well, I don't really think it hasn't changed. I was against a uh, the appointment of a special counsel in the first place because uh, and I think we've talked about this before. I I, um, you know, in, the way it's supposed to work under the regulations is there's supposed to be the identification of a crime, some kind of criminal offense transaction that the Justice Department for 
whatever reason is conflicted uh, from investigating by itself, and therefore it has to bring in a quasi-independent attorney to, to conduct the investigation. In this case, they didn't follow the regulations. They assigned to Mueller a counterintelligence investigation, which is just an information-gathering exercise that doesn't necessarily have a beginning or an end, and therefore uh, had all the uh, earmarks at the beginning uh, of being a fishing expedition that uh, you know that could go on endlessly, and that's what I that's what I complained about at the time, and I think you know what we've seen in the uh, in the ensuing months has kind of proved that out. Well, I think it's, it, it stung from the beginning because Rod Rosenstein, Deputy Attorney General, who, by the way, we now know was involved in the Clinton Uranium One investigation much earlier, writes a memo to Sessions saying, here's the reason you should fire Comey. Sessions agrees, and they send the memo on over to President Trump, who said, okay, I agree with that, fires Comey. Comey then leaks information secretly to the press to uh, attacking President Trump, and then Rosenstein promptly appoints Mueller as special counsel to investigate President Trump. Almost as if it was orchestrated, right? Well, I think it was orchestrated by a lot of the uh, the administration's own incompetence, unfortunately, and then Rosenstein panicking. So I think what happened was, number one, they didn't anticipate something they should absolutely have anticipated, which is that the Democrats would go crazy over Comey's firing. Uh, the White House drew what I think was a foolish calculation that because the Democrats were angry over Comey's role in the 2016 election, that they would be delighted to see him go. And, of course, the, the, anyone who was uh, uh, experienced in these things could have told them that at this point what the Democrats cared about was attacking Trump and, and Comey would be useful toward that end. So they weren't going to be happy about it. They were going to scream bloody murder over Comey being removed. And then you had the specter of Trump asked the Justice Department to write a memo for, uh, for why Comey should be removed. The Justice Department does that. The president announces that he's following the Justice Department's recommendation which I don't think Rosenstein didn't think that he was going to be the one who was held out because Rosenstein wrote the memo. I don't, I don't think he thought he was going to be the one who was held out as the guy who made the decision to fire Comey. And then when there was media blowback on that, Trump came out and said, no, no, it was my decision and it didn't have anything to do with the 2016 election. It was over, uh, you know, the fact that he wouldn't uh, say publicly what he was telling me privately, which is that I'm not a suspect. And then the next day, at the White House, Trump hosted two Russian diplomats and told them that Comey was a nut job mm. and that uh, and that uh, firing Comey had relieved the pressure that Trump was under over Russia, which, of course, fed right into the Democrat narrative that Comey was fired as part of an obstruction of the Russia investigation. So I, I, I think what happened at that point was that Rosenstein, who had never been criticized by anyone in his long Washington career and had uh, made a point of pride out of getting along well with both sides, was for the first time in his life on the receiving end of some pretty vicious hits from the Democrats. And his response to that was to say, no, 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 I'm still a good guy. We're appointing a special counsel, and I'm not going to put any limitations on him. He can follow the facts wherever they go. 
So that's how we ended up in this place. It's because of the way they first mishandled Comey's firing. There's, you know, the president's allowed to, to fire the FBI director, but well, they mishandled how they did it, and then they panicked when the when the Democrats and the media went crazy. Well, let's fast forward now. It appears that a couple of people that Rod that uh, Robert Mueller have added to his investigation team are now. Uh, being characterized by a lot of people as creatures of the swamp. We've got this FBI agent now who was involved intimately in several aspects of the Hillary Clinton email scandal investigation, was there when uh, General Flynn was interviewed, and now has been uh, outed, if you will, by a leak uh, to the Washington Post saying that he has acted improperly via some texts that he shared with a woman, by the way, that he was having an affair with, who was also working for the FBI, apparently a frontline attorney. And now that, that that FBI agent was relieved of his duties in July. Uh, the House Intelligence Committee could not get any information on this until finally it was leaked. Have And then there are other individuals now that are, are, that are uh, coming under the microscope as having potential bias against Donald Trump. How, how do you view these developments it, with regard to the entire investigation? Is it compromised? No, Don, I don't think it's any more compromised over over this than it would otherwise have been. I mean, it, it does underscore what's been obvious for a long time, which is that Hillary Clinton got the kid gloves treatment from the FBI and the Justice Department, and Mueller, far from that, is uh, using some scorched earth tactics against Trump. But I, you know, I, I want to wait and see all of the information come in about Agent Strzok because I'm not, I mean, I'm not too impressed by the fact that he shows up here, there, and everywhere okay. in the Clinton investigation. He's the case agent. And if you look at every investigation in the FBI, there's a case agent who's there for every major development, whether it's interviews or, or what have you. So that's to be expected. And the other thing I think we ought to re- realize about this agent is in March of this year, when he was still the FBI director, Comey told the House Intelligence Committee that the agents who interviewed General Flynn believed he had told the truth. Now, that's and an that interesting development. That, Say that again. Yeah, that. Say that again. Comey testified to the House Intelligence Committee, this was reported by the Wall Street Journal this week, uh, that the agents who interviewed General Flynn believed he had been truthful. There were some failures of recollection, but they thought they were honest failures of recollection, and they did not think he lied. Okay. So the conclusion that he lied was not drawn by Strzok. It sounds like Strzok thought he told the truth, and that was later countermanded by Mueller's very aggressive prosecution team. So I'm not sure that, that it's accurate to say that Strzok is the anti-Trump zealot that he's been portrayed as and everyone i talk to about him tells me he's an exceptional counterintelligence agent and if he has strong political views uh, you know when i was a prosecutor i had pretty strong political views too um and you know my colleagues knew what they were uh, but i i was a new i was a re, uh, conservative in new york with uh, a lot of liberal democrat friends we disagreed about that stuff it was great fun over beers after work but it didn't have anything to do with the day-to-day of enforcing the law. Okay, yes, but Strzok, according to reports, changed the wording in Comey's exoneration memo drafted before they interviewed the key witnesses from gross negligence to extremely right. careless to get it, that, get it out of the language of the statute. He interviewed 
uh, Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills, who, again, the emails show that they lied to him right. about knowing about Hillary's private server. And of course, no charges have been brought against Yeah, but hold on them. for a minute. Buddy. Strzok, Strzok was not in a position to charge anyone. What did he the recommend reason that it? no one got charged in the Hillary... The reason no one got charged in the Hillary Clinton investigation is because President Obama didn't want them charged. <laughs> That's, you know, you don't think, you don't really think that Strzok and Comey and Loretta Lynch were making these decisions. The president didn't want this done, and the subordinates saluted and, and did what they were told to do. I mean, you look, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I would, I would love to, to have been in a situation. Uh, where we could say, you know, look, everybody thought this sunk to high heaven and they honorably resigned. They couldn't they couldn't carry through with it. That's not what happened. But I don't think they're the main culprits. I think, you know, Obama didn't want this to happen. But Strzok wasn't in a position to to charge anyone. And if he had recommended that these people be charged, they would have laughed at him. Well, I I, I, I mean, I'm just I'm not I'm not trying to sing. The, the guy's praises. I'm just trying to put in context sure. where he fits in the totem. No, and that's why we're having you on because we, you know, we're sitting out here, and and by all appearances, we have we have multiple swamp creatures that are conspiring against our new president. It would seem and giving favor to past administration officials. Yeah, I think that, that that's there's no doubt that's true. I let me just say one other thing though, Don. I think as far as the changing the verbiage is concerned. You know where they changed it uh, to to uh, extreme carelessness because gross negligence was the term used in the statute. It's reported that Strzok is the guy who did that. I, I must tell you that number one, Jim Comey is one of the most gifted lawyers I've ever worked with, and it's inconceivable to me that at some point he wouldn't have realized that and changed himself. And the other thing is those that statement went through about twelve hands before it went out there. So if Strzok was the one who caught it. Uh, Fine, but you know somebody would have caught it. There was no way Comey was going to go out there and publicly use the words that were in the statute when he was saying that she was exonerated. All right, Andy, we've got to leave it right there. We will be back with more with Andrew McCarthy and his thoughts on the Mueller investigation and some of the other developments that have occurred over the last couple of weeks. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. 
This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590 The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are very pleased today to have Andrew McCarthy as our guest on the phone. He is a former U.S. attorney from the Southern District of New York, and among his many cases, he successfully prosecuted Sheikh Omar Abdul Rahman, sometimes known as the Blind Sheikh, for his role in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, and we've been unpacking what's going on with the Mueller investigation. You can find uh, Andy's work at nationalreview.com and a whole series of articles. He writes very regularly there, and among them are well, some on Jerusalem, but on Strzok, let's wait for the evidence. Supreme Court permits Trump travel restrictions to take effect. It's now an obstruction investigation. And the Mueller investigation, politics, not law enforcement or counterintelligence. Great series of articles. Absolutely. Andy does a great job of keeping a real. And this is one thing I want to. I might disagree with a little bit of your take, but I there's no way I can overrule you based on your experience. But I appreciate your sober uh, view of the events that are unfolding, and I think it's a, a great. Uh, body of work for folks to tune into and read you on National Review to get that sober view of these very important events for what, you know, we on the outside trying to divine what's going on on the inside. You mentioned that it's now an obstruction investigation. I'm kind of viewing it almost as an impeachment investigation that this is supposed to give the left fodder for their desire to impeach Donald Trump, no matter how... um, I guess, uh, unachievable that might be from a congressional makeup. It certainly feels that way. Well, well, Don, I, I think that that's right. And to my mind, the collusion thing, which was never really very real in the first place, has gone by the boards and Mueller is homing in on obstruction of justice. And no Justice Department prosecutor in his right mind would ever contemplate uh, indicting the president in court mm-hmm. you know, for, a, for a judicial criminal proceeding simply because, and Mueller's a smart guy, he knows this, the president runs the executive branch. Prosecution's an executive power, which means in our system, I'm not trying to be cute here, the president has all the trump cards um, to prevent a prosecution of him from happening, including that he can pardon himself and everybody else and and stop the investigation in its tracks that way. He can order the the prosecutor to be fired. He can pull the plug on the investigation. So no prosecutor um, would ever think that he'd be able to get away with indicting the president. So you have to figure Mueller's got something else on his mind. And the only other thing I think he could have on his mind is impeachment. Now, I want to stress here... I'm not saying that Mueller personally wants to impeach Trump. I don't know that to be the case. But what I'm saying is that he is certainly digging to see if there is such a case. Um, And, and, you know, obviously they're investigating this in a very uh, aggressive way. But I think that their ultimate goal is to write a report and drop it in Congress's lap at some point and therefore – What becomes very, very important to this investigation is something that has nothing to do with law enforcement. It's strictly politics. Who wins the 2018 midterms? Because in our system, the impeachment 
is um, is something that the House of Representatives can file articles on, articles of impeachment, by a simple majority vote. Uh, you still need the two-thirds supermajority in the Senate to remove the president. But I think certainly the Democrats would like to, if, if there's a plausible way to do this, they would like to at least impeach him, that is, at least file articles of impeachment. And I think if they win the midterms, which requires, I can't remember if it's 26 or 28 seats they'd have to flip. Mm-hmm. But if they flip the House, you know, the Democrats are much more disciplined than the Republicans about hanging together for tough votes. And I think it becomes a, a very realistic possibility that the president gets at least articles of impeachment filed against him, even if Mueller doesn't have much of a case. I still think uh, you look at the list of people he's appointed as attorneys. We don't have time to go through the full list. Some of them have come to light like Ree and, and Weissman and, mm-hmm. and their activities. But you look at who's made contributions to the Democrats. It looks like who they've represented Democrats, represented the Clinton Foundation. It wasn't like they picked, okay, maybe there's some Democrats on there and there's some Republicans on there. Maybe they're all good professional attorneys who are going to do a, a professional investigation. But it looks like he's packed his investigative team with partisan Democrat attorneys exclusively. And I think that sort of illustrates what his intention is. And if I can add to what Greg said in the case of Weissman, overly aggressive as it relates to his activities with Enron. Yeah, well, look, what they did to Manafort was shameful. I mean, there was a situation where, you know, Manafort was cooperating with the House committee. And if they wanted documents, they could have uh, they could have called Manafort's lawyer and asked him to deliver the documents. They could have subpoenaed him and forced him to to turn over the documents. Instead, they not only got a search warrant, which is a very intrusive way, you know, exactly. a bunch of Asians show up and toss your house. They not only did that, they got somehow they convinced a, a federal judge to give them permission to enter the house before six o'clock in the morning. That is in the dead of night. And they broke in. They didn't, you know, knock and announce their presence. They wouldn't even let the guy's wife get out of bed without um, checking her for weapons first. Unreal. After they came in with their with their guns drawn. I mean, you know, there was absolutely no reason that's a, for that. That's a provision that we have in the law where, you know, if the agents have to do a search warrant in a place where we're, t- we're dealing with dangerous criminals, where it's actually dangerous for the agents to come in the door, um, we have that. In you know that tool that is rarely used in order for that situation, but to turn it on someone like I, I look, I'm not I don't have any brief for Manafort. He could be a creep. In fact, you know the more you learn about him, the, the more it seems that way. But um, you know he's he's at worst a white collar criminal, um, and to to treat him as if he was like a mafia don or or you know Osama bin Laden was really over the top. So I, I agree with you and Greg that not only the way Mueller has staffed this is suspect, I think it's really it, it's, it's a, a real black mark on his judgment because he has to know that in a fraught political investigation, and this investigation is unavoidably immersed in politics, um, you want to have objective, you know, you want people to be able to look exactly. at it and say that it's fair. One more question. And, we got about, four, we got about 40 seconds. that way. About 40 seconds left here. How is the FBI, what you're seeing now going on, different, if at all, than when you were an assistant U.S. attorney working with the FBI? Well, I think that over the Obama years, both the, the intelligence services 
and to some extent the law enforcement agencies were put in the service of Obama administration narratives in a way that that, that had not happened with uh, with previous administrations. You know, with the FBI, I, I happen to be a great admirer of the FBI. I worked with them for 20 years. There's always, you know, bad apples and bad sure. uh, actors in any institution. But the FBI is a great institution, and it really does need to cleanse itself of this, you know, dark chapter where it's gotten itself immersed in politics. We want our law enforcement not to be immersed in politics. Andy, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you spending time with us today to help our us and our listeners um, get a better perspective on what's unfolding in this highly charged uh, investigation. Uh, appreciate you and your work. Andy, McCar- Andy Andrew C. McCarthy, you can follow him on National Review, nationalreview.com. Great articles and follow him on Twitter at Andrew C. McCarthy. Andy, have a great holiday. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Thank you. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks so much for having me. We will be back with more on the Unite IE radio show after the break. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, and California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 096199. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program where we are holding all of the folks across the Southern California area that are affected by these fires in our thoughts and prayers. These fires are raging. Now we learn that the Santa Ana winds that were predicted to stop at some point on Thursday have are now predicted to extend into the weekend, which means that these fires are now being pushed further and further. Carpinteria under mandatory evacuation, parts of that into San, into Santa Barbara County. So we want to hold all of those folks in our thoughts and prayers. But that fire in Southern California metaphorically continues to rage across the country in a variety of ways. It's taken down uh, now Senator Al Franken, the fire uh, in the entertainment and political industry regarding sexual harassment, uh, the Mideast. Many people think that there is a medical metaphorical fire that's going to consume uh, the Mideast now that uh, President Trump has officially recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and is going to move the embassy there. And we have so much, so many more. What was that think, song? What was that song? Who did that song? The world's, the fire's been burning since the world's been turning. 
Um, Bruce Springsteen, it sounds yeah, yeah, like? Yeah, no, Bruce. No, no, no. It was, it was Billy Joel. Billy Joel? Oh, Billy Joel. Well, you would know, Evan. And that disembodied voice that just popped in is our guest for this half hour, Evan Sayet. He is the author of the book Kindergarten of Eden, How the Modern Liberal Thinks, and uh, is also a... Uh, regular guest on a variety of different radio shows. He's a political comedian and journalist. Evan, welcome to the United IE Radio Show. And I'm sorry for the unprofessional nature of jumping in, but I just could not allow that to stand. No, no problem. So it is Billy Joel that's saying that. Thanks for that clarification. I should know that, too, because I'm a big Billy Joel fan. Yeah, you absolutely should know that. And you should know it's not Bruce Springsteen. So, you know, 0 for 2. Well, absolutely. Well, Evan, we've got so much that we want to talk about. The first thing that we'd like to ask you about your thoughts on Trump's announcement this week that Jerusalem is now uh, going to be recognized as the capital of Israel. And also the plans are to move the embassy to Jerusalem, the U.S. Embassy, with the potential for other countries to follow along. Um, what is the react? Do you know, have you heard what the reaction is from the Jewish community here in Southern California on that? Well, it's it's been torn. Uh, it's uh, across uh, party lines, of course. You have those on the left who are always anti-Israel, and anything that is good for Israel uh, is bad in their view. Um, and then you have the absolute strong support, in fact, uh, uh, jubilation uh, from, from the conservatives who recognize this is long overdue, it's the moral thing to do. And, and this idea that now the Arab and Muslim world is going to be angry, first of all, a nation gets to pick where its capital is. It doesn't have other people tell them where their capital is. Right. And and it has always been overplayed about how much the Arab and Muslim world cares about the Palestinians. They don't care about the Palestinians in the slightest. This idea of linkage that, that anti-Semitic presidents have used to, to justify doing the wrong things in the Middle East, as if there's some sort of linkage between the peace in the Middle East and the Palestinians, as if you can't have peace with Egypt, you can't have peace with Jordan, you can't have peace with Saudi Arabia, unless you solve the Palestinian issue. That has always been a lie. The, the Middle East doesn't care at all about the Palestinians, as proved by the fact that when the West Bank and the Gaza Strip were controlled by Jordan and Egypt, remember, there was no Palestinian state. It was controlled by, by Jordan and Egypt. They didn't create a Palestinian state. They didn't... Uh, um, bring the Palestinians and give them uh, status as, as, as residents of their own countries. They intentionally kept them as refugees after the war. And the reason was because they were using them exactly as the pawn that, that those who, who claim linkage have allowed them to use. And I watched some of the reactions, and it was interesting that the various governments of the Middle East is surprisingly mild reaction. Like, this isn't helpful. It could be dangerous. It's not a good idea. I mean, it, it, it wasn't, okay, we, you know, this means war. This are, you know, we, we can't work with the United States anymore. No, it was nothing like that. Surprisingly no, it was, mild. It was all, it, yeah, it was all the lip service and nothing more because the reality is that the, the, the nations in the Middle East are realigning now along with Israel and the United States because the real threat are the Iranians and, and, and their surrogates. And so you have 
public meetings between Sisi, El Sisi of, of Egypt, and Netanyahu. Uh, you have private but not secret meetings between the Israelis and the Saudis and cooperation. I mean, there's a whole realignment. And one thing we learned from Reagan, you know, all of the people were saying, don't say tear down this wall. It's going to cause the Soviets to be upset and angry. Don't say tear down this wall. You know what? When you do the right thing, when you do the moral thing, in the end, not only have you done the right and moral thing, but it leads to, to progress, as eventually it did with the destruction of the Soviet Union. Exactly. And, you know, the, the other people that are weighing in on this saying, oh, you know, they're running around with their metaphorical hair on fire is the media. Every nearly every question directed at people from the mayor of Jerusalem to the ambassador to Israel was, isn't this just going to tweak everybody over in the Middle East? And they're going to you know, there's going to be violence in the streets. They're going to riot. They're going to rain missiles down on Israel, it seems that the, the media is as involved in perpetuating this lie as everybody else. What's the before well, not, just, yeah, not just perpetuating, but fomenting uh, the outcome that they want. Exactly. You know, I, I gave a major speech to the conservative forum. It was covered by C-SPAN and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in which I make the argument, and I obviously I back it up, that the mainstream media not only has gotten every major story of our lifetimes 180 degrees wrong, but in every case, their quote-unquote mischaracterizations have been to the benefit of the evil failed and wrong and against the good, right, and successful. And here's another example of it where not only are they misreporting the true story, which is exactly as Greg said, that, that it's been lip service and very mild response from the Arab world, but they are actually making, the, the, making it appear that the forces of evil and violence are stronger than in fact they are. And if you look back, they, they, they were telling us the Soviet Union, the evil empire, was a co-equal superpower even as they were crumbling to non-existence. In the 80s, they were telling us that the uh, Japanese economy was, was an unstoppable economic juggernaut. This, as in reality, they were plummeting into what's now a decades-long recession. But they told us the Tet Offensive was a back-breaking defeat for the when in fact it was a war-ending defeat for the Viet Cong had they told the truth. Uh, look at the streets of Ferguson, Missouri, where the cop is the bad guy, and the thug who punched him and tried to kill him is the good guy. Look in the Middle East, where Israel is the bad guy, and the Muslims are always the aggrieved. No matter what the story is, You'll find that the mainstream media not only gets the story as wrong as wrong can be, but it's always to make evil appear stronger than in fact it is. We're speaking to Evan Sayet. He is the author of the book, The Kindergarten of Eden, How the Modern Liberal Thinks. And Evan, you're going to be out in the Inland Empire uh, on the, what is it, what date, Greg? Uh, December 14th. December 14th at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots Christmas Extravaganza. And uh, you're going to be one of the featured speakers. Greg, how can folks, if they want to hear more from Evan uh, at at your event, how can folks get tickets? Well, you can uh, get them online at uh, on Eventbrite, and there's a link to that on our Facebook page and on our website. So if you go to Facebook and look for Redlands Tea Party Patriots, you'll find that at the top of the page. And we also have a very convenient, and I will get that in our next segment, a easily rememberable uh, URL to go to the Eventbrite page, and you can get your tickets there. And it's uh, $20 plus some Eventbrite fees. 
Or um, actually, if, you want, if you're in the Redlands area, if you want to call my office, you can get the tickets without the Eventbrite fees at 909-335-7335. Evan, we've got a lot of stuff that's unfolded this week. One of the, one of the important I think events that unfolded was the resignation of Al Franken as senator. Of course, he didn't give us a date, but he has gotten swept up in the metaphorical fire of sexual harassment that's sweeping the entertainment industry as well as politics. Any thoughts on this recent development or any other aspect of this particular uh, issue that is now uh, capturing the headlines 24-7? Yeah, well, the first thing that that strikes me is how quickly the leftists will turn on each other when they see economic or opportunities for for power. You know, this is really nothing new, nothing they didn't know. I mean, Pokey Roberts said of John Conyers, everyone knew to get on an elevator with him. My goodness, this is a man who you can't get on an elevator because you know he's going to grope you. This journalist says uh, everybody knew it. First question is, if she's a journalist, why didn't she report this? But there has long been in the Democratic Party this belief that, A, it's okay to be abusive, and B, so long as you're a Democrat. Right. You know, and and it, it didn't start with, but perhaps uh, it, it was just an early uh, piece of evidence, was when Ted Kennedy drove off a bridge drunk, left a young woman to die in his car, and he goes back to the Senate, and he goes back and he becomes the lion of the Senate. He, you can actually kill a woman so long as you're a Democrat. You can kill babies like Gosnell uh, so long as you're a Democrat. You can molest women in an elevator so long as you're a Democrat. You can have a lock on your door to trap women in your office so long as you're a Democrat. But now they're trying to go after Trump and more. And the only way they could do this was by cleaning house a little bit, making it appear that they're taking the moral high ground. But everybody has known about Harvey Weinstein. Look, everybody has known about it since at least the first time he molested somebody. Why didn't this person, how could this person have not said anything and let all these other young, vulnerable actresses, you know, newcomers, go to a meeting in in his hotel room. How could they not have said anything until just now? So what is it that's just now that has them finally speaking about what everybody has known for decades? And the answer is they think they have an angle to get the Senate with with, with Judge Moore and to hurt the president. And so it has nothing to do with suddenly they're enlightened, suddenly they're woke, it has 100% to do with the fact that the Democrat has no values. And when they did the political calculus, suddenly they're outraged about what they were literally laughing and applauding at the Friars Club when they roasted uh, uh, Matt Lauer. And one after another after another, NBC luminary went up and made jokes about what a sexual abuser Matt Lauer is. And that was, I was going to make that exact point, is they about Lauer is they knew that they they were they were making jokes about it so they understood the predicate and the, and the audience had to understand the predicate of the joke in order for it to be funny and now they but I think it's more it's more than just political opportunism I think there's a breakup of the system in part caused by Donald Trump that's caused a change in all of a sudden it's it's, it's now being reported is this it's part of being, the winning that's happening Evan I, it's absolutely part of the, the, the draining of, it's not just the swamp, it's the swamps 
wherever liberalism has control, you are going to find a ill regard and disregard for individuals and human beings. That's the whole concept of modern liberalism, is that you're not a human being, you're, you're a member of a group. You know, why should we be surprised that, that, a, that a movement whose founding mantra was, if it feels good, do it, would find guys doing what feels good to them without any consideration of how much they're hurting the other person. Liberals never think about the other person. You know, one of the, who was, I'm not going to, oh, Michael Savage, liberalism is mental disorder. And the mental disorder that it is, is narcissism. I don't just mean egoism or egotism. I mean the mental illness of narcissism. You know, and this was recognized almost immediately when the children of the 60s, they then were called the me generation and the me decade. You know, Christopher Lash wrote uh, The Culture of Narcissism in the 70s. Dr. Gene M. Twenge has a book called Generation Me and Now the Narcissism Epidemic. So the question is this, why should this mental illness that has been around since the dawn of time and affected only a handful of people throughout history suddenly became recognizable, then prevalent, then dominant, and now epidemic in the modern liberal era? Great point. This is very simple. Do I have one more second to, to answer it? We, we've got to take a break right now. We, okay. can, we can continue this conversation after the break. We're talking to Evan Sayet. He's going to be one of the featured speakers at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. A very MAGA Christmas. Very MAGA Christmas. It's their annual Christmas extravaganza. We'll tell you how you can get tickets after the break from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are pleased to have Evan Sayet, political commentator and comedian, on the line with us. And we left you hanging at the last commercial break about why narcissism has become so prevalent in the modern liberal area. And now Evan's going to give us the answer. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's this mental illness that has existed, obviously, since the beginning of time. And yet it, it was only the 70s in, in which it was recognized to be the me generation, the me decade, uh, the culture of narcissism. And it's only grown worse with successive generations. So why should this mental illness suddenly have become epidemic? And the answer is, if you, if you read my book, The Kindergarten of Eden, How the Modern Liberal Thinks, one of the main arguments is that the modern liberal is morally and intellectually retarded at the level of the five-year-old child. He enters the, the education system that the leftists control, and his moral and intellectual growth is stopped right there. Mm. Well, narcissism is the natural state of the five-year-old child. 
Mommy, mommy, look at me. Mommy, mommy, give me. Mommy, mommy, aren't I great? Mommy, mommy, look at me. Because the modern liberal never matures beyond the level of the five-year-old child, what is the natural state of the five-year-old remains the natural state of the liberal throughout his entire life. And one of the things about liberal, I'm sorry, about narcissism is that they are incapable of empathy. And they, so they cannot empathize with their victims. So it's not surprising that a Harvey Weinstein would be a sexual predator because he can't empathize with his victims. It's not surprising that Matt Lauer would be a sexual predator because he can't empathize with his victims. It's not surprising that Al Franken would be a sexual predator because he can't empathize with his victims. Narcissism is the dominant trait of the modern liberal, and this is why we're seeing, even when Toki Roberts knew don't get on an elevator. She wouldn't say anything because she couldn't empathize with the next person to get on that elevator. We have used that clip any number of times this week, that's for sure, because that was a stunning revelation. I don't think she meant for it to be used the way it is used, but your your comment about the me generation is interesting because time person of the year, guess what, is the hashtag me too, which was meant for women to use that hashtag on Twitter to say, me too, I was the victim of sexual harassment. But it's interesting, the sort of the parallel that uh, comes out of that. Right, and, and of course, a generation before that, there were the Me Too, the original women who had the courage to stand up to sexual abuse, the sexual abuse of Bill Clinton against Paula Jones, the sexual rape of Juanita Broderick, uh, I, 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 oh, Kathleen Willey. And, of course, not only didn't the Democrats side with these women, they, they actually, I, I forget the feminist quote-unquote leader, who said that she would happily get down on her knees and perform sexual acts with Bill Clinton just so long as he supports abortion. Amazing. Well, and I think that's part of it, is that they understand there's a this civil war going on, and they're... They're going to defend as much as possible, when, as long as it's in their interest, to everyone that's on their side. And only throwing them overboard when they have to, or in the case of Franken, when they see some political advantage in doing so. And by the way, of course, since there's a Democrat governor of Minnesota, the, the governor will replace Franken with another liberal Democrat. So there's no loss to their cause there. Right, not just a liberal Democrat, but as far left a person, wholly unelected. Look, Franken started his senatorial uh, career by stealing an election, and he's ending it by, by in disgrace. All right, now he's going to be replaced by a wholly unelected, uh, far left person. So it really was it, the only thing that the Democrats lost by jettisoning Al Franken is that they hurt a friend of theirs. But that should be a lesson to all friends of Democrats, that you are expendable when you are of an ideology that doesn't see human beings, doesn't see individuals, doesn't, things like friendship, loyalty. Uh, you know, the day before John Conyers uh, finally quit, Nancy Pelosi was still defending him as an icon of the Democratic Party. 
You know, so one day you're an icon, the next day get out, depending on nothing other than political calculus. This is why the left has always been so capable of, of, of the greatest atrocities. Well, and, that, and I think that's really unfair to treat Captain Underpants that way. <laughs> well, you know, Evan, you have a very, uh, a very good insight into some of these matters, and you're also able to do a good turn of the uh, phrase to to uh, squeeze out some good humor from that. And all of that is going to be on stage at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots Very Mega Christmas. You know, you have an article. Speaking of mega, and I wanted to, uh, you know, make a mention of this in our last minute here. You have an article that I think people should reference. He fights. It was one of the uh, biggest trending articles on uh, Town Hall after it was published on July thirteenth. But in that article, you talk about how Donald Trump, like other great warriors, fights. Only his fight is the first pre- is as the first president of the culture war. How is that fight going? Can you give us a quick update? Yeah, I, I think it is going spectacularly on a number of fronts. You know, first of all, there there's the Supreme Court and Gorsuch. Right there, it's it's incalculable how spectacular and important that is. All right, there's the standing behind Israel, not only with the move of, of the embassy to Jerusalem, which, by the way, was voted on by the United States Congress and 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 won in the in the Senate something like uh, eighty seven to five. Um, so it was actually the law of the land, and it was the previous administration, and unfortunately the one before that as well, that refused to follow the law, just kept signing waivers, but also Nikki Haley and the United Nations. You know, when you stand, one of the problems that we've had as a nation is we've not stood up for good. We, we had something we called real politic, uh, where, where you just live with the reality that you had to do business with evil. Um, we have the Arabists in the career State Department who who just absolutely refused to do the right and good things. We got to leave it. We have a president. Yep. We got to leave it right there. Unfortunately, we are out of time. If you want more of Evan Say It, you got to come out December 14th to the very mega Christmas with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. We will put the website for that up on our Facebook page. Evan, thank you. That's going to do it for us. Another edition of the Unite IE radio program every Saturday at 4 p.m. Thank you, Evan. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.